0: born and red back in the mountains of East Tennessee, and we were poor folks. We are so poor, were so poor, we spelt so four or three O's, I think. Amen. I told the folks where I was preaching the other day, uh, my daddy would go out the back of the smokehouse at Christmas time, shoot the shotgun, and tell us kids that Santa Claus committed suicide. But we were poor folks. And we finally saved up enough money to carpet the bathroom, and Mama liked it so good, we just put it up the page on the end of the house. But anyhow, what I was going to say was some Back in those days, we'd get up to go to school in the long uh, winter months, boy I'd tell you it was cold back in those mountains, and we'd have to walk two miles to catch the school bus. And my little sister, she was in the first grade, I was in the second, and she'd get to crying, and I'd slap her jaws, and the reason I'd do it, I was about to cry myself. And we'd just hope and pray that the scales would be open, and that's where they waved the coal trucks coming out of the mountains. And we knew if the scales was open, well, they'd have the big fire going, and we'd be able to get warm. And uh, in the first grade, I carried a four-pound large bucket from, uh, with my lunch in it. And then in the second grade, I carried an eight-pound large bucket. And you older people will know what I'm talking about. This young crowd don't know what I'm speaking of at all. In fact, I use terminology to young folks don't even know what I'm talking about. Blue John, I was talking the other night about we four folks just had a one-holer. My uncle had a two-holer, and they didn't even know what we were talking about. And one fellow, one fellow grabbed a book, and he went to peeking out at me like that. But you need to be embarrassed. Everybody used to have one of them things. Is that right? Yes, sir. But anyhow, uh, my grandmother and my mother get up in the morning time. And uh, we'd have to leave before daylight, back after dark. And they'd cook some good old, maybe fresh sausage, hog killing time. Or maybe some good tenderloin or some good old country ham. You like that, huh? I told them my wife to fry some other morning. My next door neighbor was in the backyard with a biscuit. Stopping there. <laughs> yes, sir. But I tell you, we'd, we'd get up and my mom would make a big old canhead head You know what I'm talking about? Oh, there's that good I'd see a real nice, She'd take a fist and hit it like that. I, I, I like to cook, and I, I'm i playing from the Blue Ridge fire hunting club up in North Carolina. I've been a bear hunter about all my life. I, I make biscuits every morning, but I improved on my most method. I don't hit them like that. I go like that. Amen. <laughs> That's a lot quicker. Get it done a lot quicker. Yes, sir. But now she'd make those big old biscuits and, and put some good old cow fat all over it. I mean that kind of butter and see the cow, you know. And... Uh, some good old jelly, blackberry jelly, and uh, maybe she'd have some fried apple pies, or we call it a yellow cake, big slab of yellow cake in there. And I'd go to school, and when it comes lunchtime, I'd get over in the corner ashamed to eat dinner. And the reason I was ashamed was because most of them, the parents could give them money to buy their lunch on, and I'd be ashamed. I had to carry that old large bucket, and I'd get over in the corner and turn my back, and I'd open that bucket up and get me out of ham and biscuit, and uh, sausage and biscuit and tenderloin and biscuit and, and a good fried apple pie and all of that. And while I was eating ham and biscuit, the rest of them was down in the dining hall eating sauerkraut and weenies. Well, I'm convinced over here in the United States of America, we just don't know how well off we are. I think of the night, Pastor, as I looked over the house, all these empty seats and then, uh, several empty seats, every time when they've had a revival, they this every seat in this building has been packed out. I preached in Cuba some years ago right after Castro took over in a chicken arena and big bamboo, bamboo poles that's big around people sell them for two hours two hours and a half and when you get through preaching they go to Holland and tell us more tell us more people stand there with chickens under their arms waiting on to get through so they'd get in and have a chicken fight isn't it sad that we just don't recognize a lot of times how good God's been to us? Here in the United States, of America, we'd have to write in Washington, ask if we could have a meeting here tonight. We didn't have to get in touch with some state official. Why, we just set aside for the right to let a God have a Bible meeting at this time. And just set aside a time, and here we are. Comfortable building. I commented a few moments ago, what a wonderful building you have here. Nice, padded pews, rugs on the floor. You would want a better... Choir and choir leader and musicians you've had here tonight—all oh, this good singing. My, the specials have lifted us up. And you know, in the United States of I tell you what—we're standing on Jordan's stormy banks and casting a wishful eye. Once you cross the river, let God chop the walls down. Let a barrel of honey turn over your soul, Amen. And let grape juice run off your chin. And thank God and praise the Lord that we are Americans, and we are born and reared in the United States of America. They're making a film on the campground, the Greer Baptist campground, where I'm uh, the high potentate and grand wizard. And uh, they, they're making a film this week, Bob Jones University, filming a film now this week, and it's on Russia. And uh, they're down in the woods, back at the camp there, they've got a place fixed up, there's about 300-400 people uh, in the congregation, there's uh, Christians in Russia. And they're hiding out in the woods, having a meeting. And all of a sudden, the KGB comes in and grabs the preacher up, takes off the lead, and the members of the congregation hauls them away. Well, that's just a film going on, on the campground. But you know what? That's actually what happens in Russia and other parts of the world. I'm glad to thank God I was born and reared in the United States of America. I, I got the same thing me, old Andrew Jackson had in it. He was down there in New Orleans, and the French general said and word, and said, I'm going to eat dinner today in New Orleans. Andrew Jackson said and word back you, come yours, you'll eat supper in hell. Amen. I, that's, hey, that's the spirit of Americanism, my friend. That's got people got something to call stand for something, believe something, stand on old time religion, fight thank God, fight the devils and the demons of hell, and let this world know that we've been to Calvary, washed in the precious blood. Uh, Jesus Christ, we have no apologies to make to this lost and dying world to stand as full square for Jesus Christ in these last days. I'm dead a in. I'm dead and soul. I've been acting this way for 40 years almost. Thank God. And it's getting better all the time. One woman said, you're my husband, I'd give you Paul And I said, you're my wife, I'd eat it too. Well, amen. Bless God, I'll tell you right now, I mean, God's people ought to be the happiest folks on the face of this earth. They ought to stand up for something. Believe something. And stand by our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, in these last days. I got the privilege to be here. This is an honor. Everywhere I, ever I go, hey, someplace I go, I wish I even got there. Amen. That's right. But I've been looking forward to this meeting. I got in a little late, but when I got to my room, I appreciate that wonderful proof, back to you, Brother Pastor. I'm going to work on that and i get back over that tonight. Yes, sir. I appreciate that and all the goodness that's been shown to me since arriving here in your fair city. Now, I'm looking forward to having a good time this week. Now look here. Let me, let me put in a little plug right quick. Suppose I told you tomorrow night if you bring somebody or say let's just say Sunday. If you bring somebody Sunday I'm going to give you a $150,000 home. How many highway patrols do you think it would take to take care of the traffic that'd be lined up heading for this church? You'd bring somebody if you had to hogtie your mother-in-law and drag her in here. Amen got to get a hundred and fifty thousand dollar home, you drag her in here, you got to get a John Deere tractor and pull Burma Bulls. You'd get her here. Amen. Huh? Right? I told you I'd give you a brand new Cadillac to bring somebody. Why well, listen, Atlanta, Georgia, the whole state, if they heard of it, they'd be trying to get in here to get a Cadillac or get a hundred thousand dollar home or some gift that I'd give away. But I have a thousand dollar. Or twenty thousand dollars, thirty thousand, whatever it costs, Cadillacs, and I don't have any magnificent homes to give away. Now, I'll tell you what the Bible said. God said a man that went a soul is wise and God said a man that went a soul hides a multitude of sick. Why don't you, why don't you use your automobile, use your telephone, and use your influence and call somebody and bring them with you to the house of God and that's our revival. Now, this pastor's got the same kind of heart I got, praise God. He told me on the phone, he said, if I ever fight a revival, I'm going to hang out there. And I said, that's exactly what I'm going to do. You let one break out down there and call me his assistant pastor. Amen. I've always said, if I ever got in a real old-fashioned revival, i was going to camp out there, buddy. I'm just going to say, hey. You say, what do you got to do next week? I ain't got a thing to do with it. You let a revival break out. We'll stay till Jesus comes. Amen. Or I die, yes, sir. We'll, we'll just hang out here. And I tell you, it'd suit me. Wouldn't it be marvelous to know that the revival that broke out here in your city and folks was being saved? Brother Pastor, when I got saved, a revival broke out in Knoxville, Tennessee, in 1950. And I may tell you about it one night. I went in a pool hall, dog drunk, iced out, and the fellow came and found me, took me to a revival meeting that night. I was gloriously redeemed. Did you know that over 5,000 people, pardon me, I've got a cold tonight, over 5,000 people got saved in that revival effort, and out of my high school, over 500 saved my high school. They called off graduation services in 36 high schools in the Knoxville, in the greater Knoxville area, for a revival campaign. Isn't that something? I saw a fellow the other day he said we went back, uh, we had a, a class reunion and he said you know out of our class. He said there was 15 that had gone to preaching out of our class. I tell you, boy, listen, over our All-State football football team, the All-State team for three consecutive years, there was nine started preaching, and as far as I know, eight of them are still preaching this day. And that's been almost 40 years ago. I want to tell you, folks, wouldn't it be marvelous if they closed down the factories, shut up the high schools, praise God? People who wouldn't even want to go to work and all that traffic that I saw coming in here tonight was headed for People's Baptist Church. Amen. Man, so Lord, you talk about something, listen, it could happen. If God's people will just pay the price and get themselves yielded to the Lord, I believe it could happen in these last days. You pray. Let let God do something for us in these days. Pray that God... I would have his way in my heart, and I'd be submissive and yielded to the Holy Spirit of God. Thanking the best of you. We have some tapes tonight. Uh, they used to uh, be bookworms. I think everybody's tapeworms this day and time. But thank the best of you some tapes back there. I have 84 songs recorded, singing songs. And then I have uh, some uh, preaching tapes back there. An offering of $5 a, a singing tape, offering of $4 a preaching tape. And I wish I could give them to you, but the company, on the light, and I happen to be president of the company. Amen. Yes, sir. So, you go by tonight. Maybe something back there that you'd like to see. When you pray, ask God to help us in these days, and that's the experience of an old-fashioned revival. If you have your Bible, turn with me tonight to the book of Psalms. The Psalms, the hundred Psalm, and six Psalm. I bring what's on my heart for this hour. One hundred and six Psalm. Now, I ask you to pray for me. I have a, a terrible cold, and I don't know where I caught it. I just came out of the mountains of Virginia, and the brother pastor, uh, the other morning, there's four inches of snow right there at the preacher's house. And trees is hanging over. And I, and it was just at his house up on top of that mountain. Now, I think maybe I took coal when I was up there. But anyhow, you pray. I'm not here to entertain or be entertained. I'm just here to do the will of God and to keep some mother's boy girl out of hell, if I possibly can. That's the reason I'm here. I would not have been running up down this country. I've been a full-time evangelist for 33 years. I would not go away from my family, from my home, and run up down this country did I not have a desire to see somebody saved. I'm going to tell you outside of my own salvation, there's nothing thrills me anymore, than to see somebody make their way to an old-fashioned altar and receive Christ as the Savior. That's the most thrilling thing outside of my own salvation that's ever happened in my life. See, somebody born into the family of God. And one of these nights, you want to be here, I'm going to bring you a, a message one night. I'm uh, Talking about people that I've known in, in past years that received Christ. What a wonderful testimony they had for Jesus. You've been in the service. They're gonna no tell you the last. Hey, just the night you stay at the house. That may be the night the tide to really come in and I mean the white chapter go to breakfast. I don't want to miss it. but I want to be here. I like go to church like going to a dog fight. Get there for the first growl and stay its over with. Huh? Yes, sir. I mean, get in it. Have a good time in the Lord. I believe God means for us to join our salvation. All right. In the 106th psalm tonight, praise ye the Lord who give thanks unto the Lord. For he is good prince, mercy and doeth ever. Who can under the mighty acts of the Lord who can show forth all his praise? Blessed is they day that keep judgment And he that doeth righteousness at all times Remember me O Lord of the favor that thou bearest unto thy people O visit me with thy salvation That I may see the good of thy children That I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation That I may glory with thy inheritance We've sinned with our fathers We've committed iniquity We've done wickedly Our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt They remembered not the multitude of thy mercies But provoked him at the sea Even at the Red Sea Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make his mighty power to be known. He rebuilt the Red Sea also, and it was dried up. So he led them through the depths as through the wilderness. And he saved them from the hand of him that hated them, and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. And the waters covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. Then believed they his works. They sang his praise. They soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness, and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them the request, but sent leanness into their soul. They entered Moses, also in the camp, and Aaron, the saint of the Lord. The earth opened and swallowed up Nathan and covered the cup of Abraham. And a fire was kindled in their company. The flame burned up the wicked. They made a calf in Horeb and worshiped the molten calf. Thus they changed their glory into the similitude of an ox that he They forgot God the Savior, which has done great things in Egypt. look at the text tonight. David oftentimes uh, is numerating the things that God has done for his own. Don't you like to sing that song, Count Your Blessings One by One? And really, I like it the way the little girl got to sing it. I thought she was mixed up, but I think she got it right. She said, Count your blessings ton by ton. Well, when you set out, and you start enumerating what God has done for his own, it'll bring you. David talks about how that God put shoes on their feet that didn't wear for 40 years. Uh, and how that God clothed them. And how the Lord gave them food, uh, rained down manna from heaven, sent in the quails. And how that the Lord gave them water out of a lot. And how that God gave them a pillar of fire to lead them at night and to crown them the daytime. And he often enumerated the things that God uh, had done for his own. But here, notice he says... Uh, they soon forgot the good goodness of God. They forgot how that God did them out of the, out of the Egypt land. How that he opened up the waters of the Red Sea and they crossed over on dry ground. He said they soon forgot all about that. And then my friends, uh, uh, he cries out in verse 21 and said they forgot their Savior which has done great things uh, in Egypt. As the pastor said tonight, we need uh, a revival. He said everybody needs a revival. I tell you my friends, I think the preachers are called this country would we'll head the list of, of needing uh, an old-fashioned revival. We're spending money that we don't have for things that we don't need to impress folks that we don't even like. That's the age uh, that we're living in. And I want to tell you, folks, tonight, we need a revival. We've tried everything in the world to have a revival. We've tried soup suppers, and bowling alleys, and, and skating rinks. Uh, I saw where one church in the state of Georgia, some years back, had a trained monkey at the door. Uh, I said, we're told they didn't need a monkey at the door they had an eighth in the pulpit amen yes sir I want to tell you my friends we've tried every kind of a method every kind of a scheme all programs but it's all failed we've taught Sunday school that's well and good I'm not opposed to that but it has not produced a revival we've taught all kinds of training programs and that's well and good but it has not produced uh, an old-fashioned revival. I tell you, I know churches that put in uh, bowling alleys and skate rinks and all kinds of programs for the young people, but that has not produced uh, an old-fashioned revival. Well, you say, preacher, what must we do? I tell you, friends, we need to do some things tonight. First of all, we need to confess our sins uh, unto God. The second thing, we need to pray down the power of God. And the third thing, we need to go in Jesus' precious name. There's I said, put what do you mean? But confess up your sins. You mean all the gossipers ought to get right? Well, anybody's got good sense, so that, but there's more to it than just the gossips. There's lethargy, complacency, malice, hatred, envy, strife, jealousy, pride—all kinds of sins uh, that are piled up. Yes, sir. I tell you, folks, uh, more to it than just the gossip. Uh, one fellow was hijacked in the Cuba he hit his wife some years ago, and he was complaining. He said they got everything—everything. Uh, everything. She said, "Not half as bad as you think." He said, what do you need? She held her hand out. There was her ring and her watch. Uh, he said, how in the world did you save it? Why? Well, she said, I just put it in my mouth. Uh, Lord, he said, I wish your mama would have been here. We'd have saved her luggage. Uh, well, there's a lot of folks got big mouths. Uh, a lot of folks by friends uh, that need uh, to put their tongues on the altar. I got a letter sometime back from a woman that was in the charismatic movement. And she said, what you need uh, is a new tongue. Uh, I wrote her back, what you need... Uh, is a good Bible to go on the one you God. got. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. I want to tell you, my friends, we need to check up tonight that a lot of folks have got long tongues. Uh, they can stand in the uh, kitchen, lick the skill in the kitchen and never have any problem. No, sir. But there's more to it than just it There's all kinds of sins that's piled up. We need to confess to God that we have robbed Him, first of all, of the time that belongs to Him. Now, folks, got time for everything in the world. They've joined up with the goose's and the mooses and the hood owls and the polecats and every kind of a log hole you can think of. One fellow said me the other day, I'm an odd fellow. <laughs> I said, buddy, I wouldn't tell at this day and time it's to be a movement. <laughs> yes, sir. One fellow told me, he said, you ought to join the Masons, go through the York right, and said, you'll see Jesus. I said, I'm ahead of you. I went for Calvary, thank God. Listen, my friend, I want to tell you tonight, when we come to the precious word of God, our folks have got time for everything in the world. They've got time for the mountains, the lakes, uh, they've got time for all kinds of programs uh, as the ball fields, the wrestling matches, you name it. They have time, but no time for God. And when they go to church and the preacher preaches what they call a long message, uh, and they want him to hurry up, they're constantly watching their watches. Uh, I told some folks the other day a bunch of clock-eyed church members, amen? Uh, that's right. And what bothers me is when a fella puts it up to his ear and shakes it, and see if it's still running. Oh man! Well, I'll tell you, friends, uh, our folks have found everything, but no time for God. I want to fill John with one mile of And he said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. He didn't start in the uh, swimming hole on the Lord's day. He didn't start playing town, Pastor Pool uh, on the Lord's day. He said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And so, my friend, we see uh, that we need to confess to God. We've brought him uh, of the time that belongs to it. I read a little something some years back and that I thought was most interesting. It said, if a man lived to be 65 years old. Uh, out of 65 years, he would actually work uh, nine years. Now you argue the statisticians. I'm simply telling you what they said. That the man would actually work nine years. It went on the same that that same man would uh, spend two years uh, shaving his face. Uh, in other words, you ladies are not the only ones that trim and fix up. A man would actually spend two years to shave his old mug and look it in the mirror. Then it said he'd it spend four years eating. Uh, that is this ordinary fella like me and that fella right there. He'd spend more time than that. Yes, sir. Well, it went on to say that he spent 20 years loafing. Now, he joins the spit and Whittle Club and sits around and argues for the man to be saved today and lost tomorrow. Just argues uh, for uh, 20 years and lost just nothing else. Then it went on to say that if he, he went to church two hours on Sunday morning and two hours on Sunday night, out of 65 years, he would only get to God. I and a uh, half years. Now, now, isn't that a sad commentary tonight that we don't have any more time for God than that? Why, folks, come out to the house of God and you say, come, oh, brother, would you uh, uh, be here for visitation? I don't have time. I'm busy. Hey, brother, we're too busy this day and time. They don't even build porches on houses no more. Nobody's got time to sit out. Huh? That's right. Hey, I tell you, friends, we're so busy running to and fro. No time for God. Then my friend's loaded. Uh, we robbed God of uh, the, uh, t- uh, the money that belongs to us. Some folks squeeze the nickel too tight. They make the Indian ride the buffalo on the other side. Huh? Yes, sir. One, uh, one fellow went forward to our church in Tabernacle Church some years ago. In South Carolina where Brother Harold Sattler pastors. Uh, and, uh, and he went to the altar when the pastor preached on time and when he got back to his seat, one of the members punched him and said, hey, have you been a shouting all this time on a credit? <laughs> hey, a lot of folks might think shout on a credit. Uh, a friend of mine was walking through the hospital in Hendersonville, North Carolina, and he looked in and that was one of his leading church members, uh, and he said, my... I didn't know you said, yeah, what in the world's wrong? Why, the man said, they just took my ties out. Uh, Did you get that Huh? You better. They may take your gizzard out before it's over with. Amen. Now, listen, my friend, a lot of people have a time for everything in the world. They have money for everything in the world, but no money for God. They come to church on some business meeting time. That's about the only time they ever show up when you're going to build a new church. And they'll get all upset. They don't want this one tore down. Grandpa, you They'll sit out that window over there And they want the church to stand And then they'll start Paul God's about broke And going out of business And, and uh, so we just don't have enough money To build the church uh, And then they'll make a motion That the Ladies Missionary Society Go down to the corner of Market Lane Have a rummage sale And help God out God's about broke And about to go out of business uh, It's not long Till the Ladies Missionary Society Gathers up old uh, run over shoes And patched up bitches And, and old bitches I a thing You can read a newspaper through them and they gather up some lemon pies, and, and chocolate cakes, and banana puddings, some uh, watch gives them a temper, and acidity, and go down to the corner of Market Main uh, to have a rummage sale to help God out. Uh, hey! God doesn't need your rummage sales uh, God doesn't need to run over shoes and patched up britches. Uh, God doesn't need lemon pie Watch lemon or uh-huh. get all my hands while he's at it hey I tell you my friends one of the grandest things in this world when you get saved by the grace of God is to honor God with your time with your money and my friends with your talents that you have I like these fellas tonight listen uh, they might not have a play of chatter the whole picking that man amen and then for playing that guitar. It's me just fine. Somebody said we don't like that in your church. I dream no, I don't go to your church. Uh, amen. You said it'll shadow my church. Let them see your car parked over here tonight. So you might as well get in. Amen. Yes, sir. Hey, I tell you, some folks never give their talents to God. Honey, listen, if you pick a five-string measure, pick it for the glory of God. If you play the piano, for well, the glory of God or to give her talents to the Lord. And the reason we're not experiencing a revival is because, folks, who not confessing their sins uh, unto God. We're living in one of the most frivolous ages I've ever seen. We got more mealy mouth, back scratching, compromising, uh, ear chicken pussy footing uh, mud hole walling cigarette sucking, poodle no-can preachers in this age uh, than I've ever seen. Some of them talk the salt. Uh, they sound like they got a bunion on their tongue uh, and a honey on their lung. Amen. <laughs> against anything. I ought to preach against sin. I believe tonight God's better to preach like the house is on fire. Hells in the front yard and the devil's behind the back window. And you ought to cry against sin. Yes, sir. They're living in the closing out of this age. And God's better to stand for the Lord Jesus. You believe that? And so my friends, we're going to have a revival, and I'm going to spend my time preaching on sin tonight. But I want to tell you, if we're going to experience revival, we need to confess our sins. Uh, then number two, we need to pray down the power of God. Hey, you talk about something quick. Uh, a man can pray in the United States of America, and God can answer in London, England in a split second. One old seaman slipping off of the rat lines one night, headed for the battlefield. I heard the town clock in the distance striking nine. And he remembered what his old mother said when he left home to go to service. Uh, he said, stop every night at nine. Mama's going to be praying for you. Oh, he said, when you he heard that town clock striking nine, all fear dispersed. Uh, he knew stop back in America. God's, his mother was down before God on her knees in prayer, praying that the Lord would spare his life and bring him safely home once again. Now, neighbor, I want to tell you, prayer is a wonderful thing. I like to read the Bible about praying people. I grew up with Elijah. Praise God. He is a praying man. He was on to the top of the mountain pray one day where the devil's crowd and boy they hooped it up like a lot of peddles I know and not a thing happened but after a while old Elijah fixes an altar, takes his priest puts the sacrifice on the altar and he just prayed sixty. Three words. I believe it was 63 words. Uh, wasn't a big long prayer. He didn't pray a big long prayer like some people do on Sunday morning that hadn't prayed all week. They're trying to catch up. Just 63 words. Uh, he said, God, let the fire fall. Uh, oh, you listening to me? I want to say you the fire of God came down and soon the altar, the sacrifice left up the water. This was God's man. I like to read about uh, Daniel praying by the river Philippi. Oh, uh, listen. God came on the scene. I like to like Paul and Silas at the midnight hour in that old jailhouse of brand Hey, you like that? Old Paul got the friend and he said the Silas, son, would you hash the tune? And he hashed it what? Maybe it was number 23. The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Uh, hey, my brother is having a camp meeting. He's talking about a cramp meeting. I mean a camp meeting. Uh, and, hey, hey, And, and all the princes heard him. But that's not all that heard him. I'm glad that God heard him. Hey, bring Hey! El- Miss Presley may have sung the jailhouse rock but God's the person never ever rocked one I'm going to say that at that midnight hour that old jail began to reel and rock and old Paul and Silas came walking out that jailer was in the bed sound to sleep and God took him out of the bed he hit the boy, he come up bouncing in there and the Bible said he saw the prisoners were escaped he drew out his sword he would have killed himself uh, suppose when they would fled from the scene but Paul cried and said hey that don't do yourself any harm we're all here. Then the jailer called the light, and he sprang in, and he fell down, and he said, Sirs, Who ever heard of two uh, uh, jailers calling uh, a jailer Sirs? Now, if you think they do, you have never been in jail. I'll tell you that right now. They said Sirs. He said, Sirs, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, go on a Camelot church and get baptized, and thou shalt be saved. No, no, you get baptized, all the catfish and shake hands in the tadpoles and die and go to the hell, my friend. If I believe i save the water, you know what I'd sing? What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the water. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the water. Oh, precious is that globe that makes me white as snow. No other part I know. Nothing but the water fountain. I'd sing that as sure as I'm a living. I'd never sing at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light. I'd sing at the meal pond, at the meal pond, where I first got booked. I sing amazing grace, i sweet sweep the sound. I'd sing amazing baptism, i sweet sweep the splash. If I save the water, I'm not saved the water. I'm saved by the blood of the crucified water. I just learned our Ted Armstrong, some time ago. And he said, there's no such thing as a burning hell. I sent him a preacher friend that was with me. I said, don't change that dial. I want to hear this. Uh, he said, that word hell is an old English word. It's spelled H-E-L. And he said, it's something a, a dark hole in the ground. And he said, when we was boys, we used to dig potatoes. And we put the potatoes in hell. H-E-L. A dark hole in the ground. Uh, I told my preacher friend, I said, uh-huh. God sticks him in hell. He'll come out a big tater. He'll mark that down. Hey, I'm going to tell you, God. It's a place where the worm dies not, and the fire is not quick, my friend. Uh, they would intended to join up with John or Ted Armstrong. They would intended to join the Jehovah's Witness. Uh, hey, I join this. Thankful, oh, I join that crooked outfit. Amen. I said that to the dinner fella Got kind of upset. He's a good old badger. He said, "Y'all not, you people crooks." Uh, well, I said, "They're crooks." That's exactly. He said, "Why do you say that?" Well, I said they don't read the Bible for the first thing, and then and then I said, "Look, they started out as Russellites, and then they became known." the Watchtower Society, and now they're known as the Jehovah's Witness. Uh, I said, don't all cooks change their name, A.S. Joe, A.S. John. (laughs) If I didn't believe in a burning hell, I'd change my name every now and then. Uh, I had an old grandmother, great-grandmother went to Texas years ago, and she came back to east Tennessee with that damnable Doctrine that the Christian scientists teach. Uh, Well, I got in the United States Army, and I met a Christian scientist. Uh, I soon found out he wasn't either one of them. He wasn't no Christian. and he wasn't no scientist. Uh, he tried to tell me that if you hurt, it's all in your head. Uh, one day I had the toothache. He said, it's all in your head. Uh, made me mad. I said, you ever hear the toothache anywhere else? You ever hear the toothache in my ankle? You ever hear the toothache in the foot? Uh, well, I, in those two years in the Army, had to take a bath a few times. One day I went to take a shower. You fellas that's been in service know how that they got a... Shower room with a lot of showers, man. You just pick out what. And I had to go through this fella's shower to get into mine. He had the cold water on. I said, whoop, check out! Oh, he said, it's all in your head. He said, if you think it's cold, it's cold. If you think it's hot, it's hot. Hey, honey. Hey, look at me. I'm a cooker fella. I might look like I come to town a load of pumpkins, but I didn't, buddy. Amen. I will tell you something. Hot water makes fire come off of a hog dead or alive. Amen. Next time you find one of these pictures, Patty. Let's let us let you stuff in the pain. Take you with his back turned. Get you a good hat pin, And strip upon him and find out. Holy. Yeah. I want to tell you one thing right now, friend. Listen. you come to the blessed word of God. I will tell you. Uh, there's a lot of false religion. But Paul didn't tell them. They're grown up, my friends, of the Christian silence. He didn't tell them to go to Rome. And confess their sins through a moth hole. The Latin-speaking rogue-warned deep out priest. Uh, that they call Father and the bird ain't even mad. And this is like mama on top of it. They didn't tell him, my friends, even that going up with the Presbyterians, the Methodists, uh, not even with the Baptists. He simply said, believe uh, on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's what he said. Uh, and that's exactly what happened. That night, that fellow got to hell. All that happened came about because of a prayer meeting. Amen. I read about others in the Bible that had prayer meetings. The friend, look at old Simon Peter in jail. And the little churches are praying for him. God got to, hey, I'm trying to tell you, there's nothing like praying and seeking the face of God. Some years ago in revival services, Hatches Baptist Church in, in West Tennessee. Praying services there in the morning, in the evening, and uh, every morning the people that go to work early, there's country folks working on the farms, they go to work at daylight, they take out, that's a good old country term, they take out about 10 o'clock, come to the church, have a service. Then go to the house, eat their dinner, go back to the fields, and then take out in time to do their uh, chores at night and eat supper and get back to the church for revival services. Now, on this particular morning was having services. we'd have a little testimony meeting, a little prayer meeting, and then the uh, evangelist would bring a message. On this particular morning, we gathered, had the prayer meeting, a little testimony meeting. And now it's time for the evangelist to bring the message. Just as the evangelist stood up, I said, an old lady about 75, 80 years old, and she said, Preacher, you let Pardon me but I've got to pray. My baby boy is up down the cornfield about uh, seven miles from here. Clown corn. And revivals have come. Revivals have gone. And still my boy is not a Christian. And that old woman started moving towards the aisle. And she said, You just have to pardon me, but I've got to pray. I've got to get a hold of God. I can't take it no longer. If my boy doesn't get saved, I believe I'll die before this meeting comes to close. Uh, That old mother came down, sat on her knees in the altar. I want you to listen to her prayer. She began to pray and said, Oh God, say my boy, Lord, get hold of my son. God, don't let my baby go to hell. She's not God. I'm going to stay on this altar till my son gets saved. Or they sweep my bones out of this old church house. You ever heard a prayer like that? I never had. My soul, it felt like the hair was standing up on my head. People began to gather around and they prayed. But about 12 o'clock, a lot of them was having to leave. And there was only 15 or 20 left. The pastor said, what are we going to do? And the pastor said, we'll stay and die with us. That's what it takes. Uh, and so they prayed on. One o'clock. God, I'm in mean it. I'm going to stay until my boy gets saved. And uh, they sweep my bones out of this church. Uh, two o'clock. Three o'clock. 4 o'clock. To make a long story short, about 4 o'clock, those old church doors swung open. There stood a little boy with a dirty power over halls, uh, an old blue work shirt, had a little work hat in his head, and he's hollering to the top of his voice. Uh, hey, no! Hey, no! He said, God saved me up down that corn uh, <laughs> and I run and off to so tell you about it. Uh, my soul, listen, there's no need for me to go into detail. You know what happened. Uh, granny shouted her hair down. Bless God. I tell you, they jumped the mission. Uh, I'm in there swinging on the chandeliers. Uh, it's in time when somebody gets saved uh, by the grace of God Almighty. Huh? Yes, sir. i never forget a few years ago, my friend, uh, praise God, uh, the Lord's moving in. Uh, I was preaching at the Rescue Mission in Greenville, South Carolina. And I noticed one night a fellow sitting way back in the back. There's about six or seven hundred people there. And... Uh, and fellow sitting way back in the back taking a old rag. He didn't have a handkerchief, had no rag. He wiped the tears when the invitation started. That man literally looked like jumped two rows of and down the aisle he came, got in the altar. And uh, the, uh, the uh, platform was about as high as this one. When he bowed down, Brian had to lean over to talk to him. And he told a fellow from Bob Jones University, a young fellows dealing with it. He said, "Tonight, God heard my mother's prayers. <laughs> said my mother's been praying thirty-seven years for me. And tonight, God's heard Mama's prayers." Uh, it impressed that young worker. He said to Brother Kirk, that was the director of the mission. He said, "Listen. He said this man said he got saved tonight, and said God had answered his mother's prayers." Oh, uh, Brother Kirk went over and said, uh, "Is your mother still living?" "Yes, sir. Where she lives Gainesville, Georgia. Does she have a telephone? Yes, sir. He got the number. He sent a worker in one of the rooms that was right next to the door to him and said, get Miss Brock on the line. I want to talk to her. Everybody was eavesdropping. It's all right to eavesdrop on a deal like that, huh? Yes, sir. Everybody was eavesdropping. All of a sudden we heard that worker say, hey, Miss Brock's on the line. heard old brother Kirk say hello, Miss Brock. This is Tom Kirk, director of the Greenville Rescue Mission in Greenville, South Carolina. I just wanted to call you and tell you your boy got saved tonight. Lord, when that man said that that a woman shouted on the other in the line and said thank God the Lord always hears and answers prayer and she threw the telephone down and Brother Kirk said you could hear her going through the house uh, shouting and every now and then she'd that telephone like the early morning special of going through town uh, after a while she got back on there and we heard that old boy say hello mom he said it's true tonight God wash my sins away when he said that mama went into orbit again and didn't have to go to Cape Canaveral to fire off didn't have to worry out the capsule burning up or the oxygen running out or a soft, safe landing. Honey, I mean she went into orbit. Uh, Now what am I trying to say? I'm trying to tell you tonight, when the devil tells you not to pray, when the devil said, don't you pray anymore, there's no need to pray. Pray anyhow. Pray anyhow. I didn't stand there anyhow. Fight anyhow. Hey, goodness you may get knocked down but take a mandatory inch count, and let God get up and say, devil, I'm into it again with you. Ah, I want to pray anyhow. I want to pray of God. You told the scene and I'll tell you, friends, when you do so, something's bound to take place. God will hear the prayer of those that cry. to so Him. you believe that, I'll believe that with all of my heart. Any of you sitting here tonight, because of the prayers of a dear old mother, and dad, that prayed, some brother, or sister that prayed, some Christian friend, maybe a dear preacher like brother, I prayed for you. You're here, my friends, because God heard the prayers of the saints. So we need not only confess up, we need to pray down, but we need to go in Jesus' precious name. I like to go in Jesus' name. But don't you like to see? The power of God. Don't you like to see God move on the scene, Hi, huh? I mean, something happened for the glory of God. Oh, I tell you, when you go in Jesus' name, now we go in the name of everything. going in the name of the church, name of the Sunday school. Now, I don't mean to belittle the church. But I tell you, let's go in Jesus' name. That's the way we go. Go in Jesus' name. If you go just in Sunday school name or the church name, they'll come a little while, but wait a minute. If you go in Jesus' name, they get born again. Something's going to happen. That's right. I mean something will happen, my friend. Go in Jesus' precious name. And it makes the difference. It makes the difference. Uh, hey, it makes the difference. I hear people, you know, they got a popular doctrine this day and time that everybody's the same. No, everybody ain't the same. Everybody's not the same. How come I'm red-headed and bald-headed and some of you black-headed and got high? Huh? How come some of you are fat and some of you short and some of you tall and some of you are good looking like me and some of you ugly like him? Everybody. Everybody's not the same. I don't want to get that junk at the time time. Everybody. is just like everybody's not the same. Let me give you an illustration. Let me give you an illustration. Uh, here's the here's guy, it's the president of the bank, and you like to play golf. Saturday morning, here he comes in his old baggy trousers on, and old hat down on his head, and you go out and play golf all Saturday. But I tell you, that fellow don't look the same Monday morning. You've got to go down to the bank and borrow half a million dollars from him. Just try it sometime. Him sitting behind that desk, you go, oh, you the yeah. You're just telling yarns to him on Saturday, Monday morning. You can't hardly talk. You see, it makes a difference. Position makes a difference. Are uh, you getting this? That didn't go over too good. Let me give you another one. Suppose the, hey, look, coming through, uh, through the door. Suppose the door is open just then. About eight or ten Secret Service men are to walk in here. And President Bush, President of the United States, walked in here. So I didn't vote for him, Wouldn't make a whether you voted for him or not, it'd tear your nerves up. I didn't vote for Jeff Kennedy either, but I'll tell you one thing. When he got shot, it tore my nerves up. After all, he was my president. Is that right? Huh? I always say, say if, if the President Bush walked in, in the tonight, you never would get over that. you tell your great-grandchildren. Now that people back in church, that, that, that big old red-headed President-Basil, bug-nosed preacher, and said the doors open the President of the United States walked in and said he said, that right across from me. He did good. do it. I was there. You get it? And sure as you're it, huh? Yeah. Well, that didn't go over too good either. Let me give you one more. Gomer Powell. Hey, listen to this. Gomer Powell whom I understand to be a, a movie star of some sort, came to the Greenville-Spartanburg Airport, and they said 15,000 people greeted him at the Greenville-Spartanburg Airport. I came in two weeks later on the same flight and had to call my wife up, come pick me up down at the airport. Hey! You got that, in then you, huh? What's yes, that? I thought you'd get that. Hold on. Now listen, my friend. It makes a difference who you are. I've never been on a
1: a star television. I said you, my friend,
0: don't nobody know me if I can't podcast, but I'll tell you something. It makes a difference who you are. There's never been no 15,000 people ever met in the airport. There might have been 20,000 i seen I got away from that, but there wasn't no 15,000 agreement. Hey, I'll say one thing. It makes a difference who you are. It makes a difference when you go in Jesus' precious name. Brother, when you go in Jesus' name, that makes a difference. Right. I said to a preacher friend of mine one day as we visited the hospital in, um, in, in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, years back. I just started out preaching. And, and I said to my preacher friend, and I said, you go ahead and visit your church members. I'm going to see if I win somebody to God. I walked in the room. Here's three women in this one room. And the first woman was an elderly lady. I went to her and I spoke to her. And I said, you a Christian? She said, yes, sir, I am. She gave a marvelous testimony. And she said, my husband will be after me in about 15 or 20 minutes. I'm going to be released. Get to go home today. God's brought me to a major operation. I went to the next bed. Boy, that woman was smiling. She gave a, a beautiful testimony. And then I noticed her. rather girl. It was like actually 22, 3, 4 years old. In a bed next to the wall. And she was weeping her heart out. Well, I thought, boy, she's done got stirred up for the testimony of these two good old saints here, and she wants to testify, too. I went on, I said, "Lady, are you a Christian, too? Oh, no, she said, I'm not a Christian. But she said, I asked God all night, last night, to send somebody here today to tell me how to get saved. I said, I'm here, praise God. I got my little new testament out. I told her how to be born again. Now, listen to this, that girl was dying with leukemia. They took her home. She stayed home about five days, and then they took her back to the hospital, and there she died. She was from a Greek Orthodox home. Her mother and dad couldn't hardly speak English. They'd come from Greece over here. She had ten brothers and sisters, and, and they was married and had children. There's a, about a 26 of them, if I remember correctly, in the immediate family. boy when that girl went home, testified to the saving grace of God. Well, they uh, Her dying, they didn't want to fuss with her and argue with her. They got hold of them. But well, when that poor thing died... They didn't know what to do. They had no preacher friends. They couldn't hardly speak English. And, 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 but the, remember she said something about Preacher Ely and Brother Kelly. They looked in the phone book and they found Brother Ely's name and, and they called him and asked him to preach the funeral. I went to the funeral that day. Oh, you should have been there. They came by her husband, that girl's husband, tried to get her up out of the casket in a pitiful situation. They wept as if they'd never see that girl again. Oh, I never see such brokenness in my life. After the service my preacher friends, said, what are you doing Sunday night? I said, why, uh, nothing I suppose, just going to church. He said, come down and preach for me. Well, I've had to do that. He had the largest country church in that part of the country, and, and it was a good opportunity for me. And I said, I'll be there. Well, I, I went down. I, I went with bells on that night. I was tickled to death. I want to tell you, friend, when I uh, preached that night gave invitations, the aisles filled. I thought they misunderstood me. They thought I'd give them benediction. And then I was reminded back in some of the mountain churches, Christians come down and pray for sinners. I thought maybe that's what they're doing. But then all of a sudden I look. There's a little dark complexioned man and woman. I recognized them. It was that Greek Orthodox man and woman. And listen, that night, 26 of them made their way to that altar. And I heard them cry out, Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Save me for Jesus' sake. I want to tell you, my friends, there's nothing like winning somebody to Jesus Christ. Yet folks say, I want to say tonight, if you want to revival, it's a simple thing. It's a simple thing. Just ask your hands to God. Fight out the power of God and go. In Jesus' precious name. And when you do that, I'm going to take you upon the body of God's blessed word. We'll experience a revival like we have never seen in all of our lives. Every head bowed, every eye closed in the presence of the Lord. While well, he's bowed and eyes are closed, how many of you tonight simply say, Preacher, I need a revival. I need a revival. There's things in my life that ought not be. Things that's displeasing to the Lord. Sin in my life that ought not be. Look, I'm not trying to pin something on you. I'm not trying to find out anything. That's not the purpose of this. I just simply want to pray that God will help you to confess to Him tonight and have revival. How many of you think which is something in my life that's in a revival? It ought not be. Pray for me that I'd get it confessed and I'd have a real revival in my heart. Would you like to raise that hand? Say that many of you. Yes. Oh, house. thank you. I see those many hands. All right, let me ask this. How many of you say tonight, preacher, I'm not the prayer warrior that I should be? And I want you to pray that during this meeting, I'd become a prayer warrior. I'd start practicing praying during this revival. Pray that I'd become a prayer warrior. Would you like to raise your hand for prayer? Yes, many, many hands. All right, and then how many of you tonight say, preacher, I'm not the soul winner I ought to be. I simply don't go in Jesus' name. I don't have a brokenness for sinners. I don't have a concern like I should have for sinners. Preacher, pray that I'd become a soul winner. Would you like to raise your hand for prayer? Snick them up. All right? Instruments play softly. While the instruments are playing softly, heads are bowed. This this is the invitation. I'm not going to come back and hog-tie you nor drag you down the aisle. But as the instruments play tonight, I want you to just get up out of that seat if you lifted that hand. You've got something in your life that ought not be. You're not the prior warrior that you should be. You're not the soul warrior you should be. Just get up out of that seat. Come on right now. And let's have a real prayer meeting before the Lord tonight. Confess up. Pray down. And leave here tonight to go in Jesus' name. to win souls to the blessed Savior.